Here's our sports news for today, Monday 8th of November. I am Curtis Morton. We begin with this notice from the Nevis Cricket Association. 12 clubs, teams, umpires from the Nevis Cricket Association. Re-Annual General Meeting 2021. Please be advised that the Nevis Cricket Association will be hosting its annual general meeting on November 23, 2021 at the Nevis Credit Union Conference Room at 5 p.m. All are asked to make a special effort to attend. Agenda will be circulated shortly. On the home front, the bowlers and extras were the main stars as another under-19s practice match was held at the VOJN grounds on Sunday, 7 November. Team A batted first and was bundled out for a paltry 94, with extras totaling 29 and Jaden Carmichael bagging a forfer. Team B got pretty close to the target on the back of 31 extras, but Rian Solomon was the dominant force with his 5-wicket haul. Summary scores, Team A 94 all out, Patrice Nesbitt 18, Delroy Cornelius 11, extras 29, Jaden Carmichael 4 for 15, Tyree Jeffers 2 for 25, Jane Griffin 1 for 12. Team B 84 all out, Justin Armadon 9, Jelani Manners 9, extras 31, Rian Solomon 5 for 25, Tyrell Mills 2 for 9, and Tiger Brown 2 for 12. Team A won by 10 runs. On the international stage, like he has done all through the tournament, Baba Azam set anchor and scored his fourth half century of the competition, while other batters rallied around him to lift Pakistan to their fifth win of the competition. Previously, it was Mohammad Rizwan or Asif Ali who brought out the fireworks, while Baba held up one end. But on this occasion, it was their two most experienced batters who entertained the Sharjah crowd. Shoaib Malik, who made his international debut in 1999, smacked an unbeaten 54 in 18 balls. Mohamed Hafiz, who made his international debut in 2003, knocked 31 in 19. And after their hitting lifted Pakistan to 189, another top bowling effort saw them defeat Scotland rather comfortably by 72 runs and seal a semi-final date with Australia. After becoming the only team with a 100% win record in the group stage of the competition. Summary scores Pakistan 189 for 4, Baba 66, Malik 54 not out, beat Scotland 117 for 6, Barrington 54 not out, Shadab 2 for 14, Pakistan won by 72 runs. In another crucial game, New Zealand were clinical as they have now made the semi-finals of four World Cups in a row, including one the World Cups, this is perhaps not surprising. Needing a win to ensure themselves a place in the final four, they produced what turned out to be a match-winning power play. Afghanistan spluttered their way to 124 for 8 and were always going to struggle to defend it. In response, New Zealand strode to 45 for 1 at the end of their power play and then Kane Williamson and Devon Conway came together to stroll to the finish. Their unbeaten 68 run stand taking up 56 balls even as their side won with 11 balls to spare. Summarize scores, New Zealand 125 for 2, Williamson 40 not out, Conway 36 not out, beat Afghanistan 124 for 8, Najibullah 73, Bolt 3 for 17, Saudi 2 for 24, New Zealand won by 8 wickets. And in our feature story for today, it's more cricket. 
West Indies and Sri Lanka will both have to play an additional qualifying round to make the Super 12s in next year's Men's T20 World Cup in Australia, while Bangladesh and Afghanistan are assured of direct entry. The automatic qualifiers for the Super 12s in 2022 were determined to be the winner and runner-up of the ongoing T20 World Cup alongside the next six highest-ranked teams. Going into Saturday's games, six teams, England, Pakistan, India, New Zealand, South Africa and Australia, had already done enough to ensure the ICC T20 rankings were high enough to see the Super 12 spot for next year. West Indies' eight-wicket defeat to Australia on Saturday, however, meant that they slipped to 10th in the rankings, while Sri Lanka dropped to 9th. Benefiting at the two teams' expense is Bangladesh who rose to 8th, despite losing all their matches in the Super 12s on the back of recent home series wins over Australia and New Zealand. Afghanistan, who are currently 7th on the table, will occupy the other automatic spot in the Super 12s. West Indies were the two-time champions at the T20 World Cup lost four of their five matches in the 2021 edition. A notable low coming into their opening game against England when they were bundled out for 55. We listen to some of the analysts as they talk about our team's performances. We're going to send off today than the actual game. Indeed, I, I definitely agree with Tom. They, it came across as if uh, this entire tournament was about uh, Chris Gale and Dwayne Bravo and this being their last sort of uh, appearance for the West Indies. And uh, whilst they would have uh, contributed significantly to West Indies' uh, success in white ball cricket, Chris Gale, arguably uh, the best T20 batsman, I still think there needed to be more of a balance in terms of the West Indies putting more focus on trying to qualify for the semi-final and eventually defending their title in this T20 World Cup. But uh, having said that, um, it surely looks as if this will be the last uh, T20 international match for Chris Gale and Dwayne Bravo, two players who brought uh, immense entertainment uh, for West Indians and for uh, all the followers of this great, great game of cricket. Um, sad to see them go in such a limp manner but again congratulations for what they've contributed to West Indian cricket um, across formats um, definitely not the way that they would have wanted to, to finish their career and and, and of course uh, not the way the West Indies would have wanted to, to back yeah. face against Australia. Yeah. Would I be a bit of a party pooper if I said that West Indies weren't focusing enough on this actual game? Bravo comes in ahead of, of Russell, Gale plays when we could have considered Andre Fletcher perhaps in what's an inconsequential game or is it okay to celebrate retirements perhaps at an international game, Tom? Uh, I'm of the view that every match is important um, and yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge uh, advocate of, of, you know, sort of giving farewell matches and what have you. I think that, uh, you know, every match that you play for your country um, particularly in an ICC event, you you want to make sure you you know that you're winning. Um, you know whether you know the, the West Indian Selection Committee felt this was the best combination to beat Australia. You know we can't argue against that because we don't. You know they have their right for their own view. My view is is that uh, there was a number of players that weren't in the form that they needed to be that, that were playing in this combination. Uh, so I would have probably looked at it slightly differently. Uh, but, um, you know, they have their motives and, and also uh, beliefs on what the right combination is. And, you know, it's hard to question that without sort of having a, a debate with them. Sure. Darren, same question. Yep. Um, 
West Indies tried to pick their best team. Uh, this has been the case uh, from the onset of this tournament. Uh, that team, I don't think, should have included Chris Gale. They've already committed themselves towards playing him after a couple early failures. And they've just gone along with, with giving him the opportunity to play uh, his last few matches for the West Indies. That's definitely not the way you want to be playing especially when you have other players who are probably better options in terms of form, in terms of uh, giving a little bit of variety and, and being a little bit proactive as a selection panel to getting the best. Um, surely not at a World Cup is where you want to be celebrating the careers of players, uh, maybe in a home series where it's properly announced and where players have the opportunity to interact with home fans. That would have been a better occasion and a better opportunity for the West Indies to celebrate the careers of, of a Chris Gale and a Dwayne Bravo. That's our package for today. I am Curtis Morton wishing you a really wonderful day.